is Brian Bailey, Chief Marketing and Experience Officer with Metro Inclusive Health. You're listening to Inclusivity and Beyond, subjects that impact the health and wellness of our community. Welcome to Metro Inclusive Health's podcast to Inclusivity and Beyond. This is one of our many fun and inclusive conversations geared toward overall health and wellness. We are, we are addressing lesbian culture this evening. Tonight is about exploring relationships, dating, uh, women's health, lesbian health more broadly, daily life, uh, finding the one, stereotypes and myths, and more. Now, while we are having this uh, lighthearted discussion tonight... We would be remiss if we didn't address all that is happening across the globe. Metro stands in solidarity with the Black and African American community in the Black Lives Matter movement. We want everyone to stay safe and take care of themselves while protesting peacefully. And thank you to everyone who is supporting this movement. So we will now uh, transition to today's topic. So let's begin. Uh, we have myself, Hannah, my they, them pronouns. I'm an LGBTQ program specialist at Metro Inclusive Health, and I identify as a gender queer. I'm Ashley Hancock. I'm the behavioral health program manager at Metro for the St. Pete and Clearwater location, and I identify as a lesbian, and I use she, her, hers pronouns. I am Ashley Holmes. I am a married lesbian to Ms. Mika Silver. Um, I am really glad to be here. I work for, I'm the mother also of Nate Taylor's daughter. Um, I also work for a hospital. So that, that, that sentence was just a lot in that one little sentence, but it's that. You are multifaceted, hey. Ashley. <laughs> All right, who's enthusiastic right now? They want to chime into this lesbian discussion. Yes, they do. One of us too. I'm going to excuse myself for a moment. I am so sorry. I mean, I'm a level of enthusiasm, honestly. <laughs> Let her. Oh. <laughs> right, <She's> team ready. <laughs> Sorry about that. No problem. So, puppy's going crazy. Yeah, it sounds like you're um you're home right now with your dog. So that actually uh, brings me to my first topic of discussion a little bit, which is around quarantine and being at home and kind of like isolation and can throw a wrench in you know the dating situation. Um, so I wanted to put the question to you all, what is navigating lesbian culture like specifically in the context of COVID-19? Like, what has it been like for y'all? Mm-hmm. Well, me personally, um, working in the healthcare field, as well as my wife working in the healthcare field, we haven't really stopped, um, much working, um, I am a Christian and I go to church and that's been difficult because I usually run, run, run between home, church and um, work. So that's been different, Um, but it's been nice because we've been able to have more family time and have um, do those things that um, our lives because we live Say together lives, but separately. As if it's that's because she's works all the way in Tampa. I work here in St. Pete. I go to church in Clearwater. Um, so it's it's we're all over the place all the time. So it's nice that with COVID nineteen, regardless of I know, I wish that it would never have been here because nobody wants to be sick. Nobody wants to lose their loved ones. Nobody wants to see that or hear that. Um, but I'm taking this time, seeing the joy in this bad situation. Um, having fun with Skylar and watching her um, change every day, um, enjoying my wife and the things that um, didn't know she liked and did. Um, we've been together for almost 12 years and there's certain things that you still are learning about each other. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, this has been nice just trying to enjoy this time in spite of the situation, even having to work with the, the, the sanitary of um, being sanitary. We've always done that regardless, but now it's even more so. So I couldn't get the baby from daycare because she's been in daycare this whole time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, take, we go in the house, we take off our clothes immediately, shower up, and then we can start our, our afternoon or evening. So that's, that's roughly where we, we've been not too bad, but you know, mm-hmm. still don't want COVID-19, but I, I do enjoy this time with my family, um, mm-hmm. and enjoying them and just watching things and slowing down. So. Well, thank you to you and your wife for being on the front line during this. Like you are doing such important work and I am so happy that you've been able to find joy in spending time with your family and your daughter and your wife right now, because that is so important for mental health and our overall well-being, and not letting go of those moments. But I mean, thank you, Ashley and your wife for the work that you're doing. My pleasure. My pleasure. Don't, no thanks needed. I promise. Okay. (laughs) And how about you, Ashley Hancock? How you been? (laughs) I tell you what, this has really been an experience. Um, I really didn't want to work from home at all and actually really enjoy working from home. I've learned. Um, but starting to go back in the office, I, I, I just, I realized how much I miss people and I miss mm-hmm. hugging people and, um, and I, I'm a single lady. So it's me and my four children, my two dogs, and two cats. <laughs> so, um, I've got a German shepherd that's six months old, so I've got yeah. a lot of time with her, um, although I'm not a skilled trainer or a trainer of any kind, um, but <laughs> um, it's just like, like Ashley Holmes said, it's just been, it's, it's been an opportunity to slow down and who would have thought that we would be going through this, you know, four months ago or five months ago. And it really, it wasn't hard for me at first because I think I am more introverted and I'm like, oh, cool. I get to stay home. You don't have to worry about not making plans or whatever. But I really really miss being around people. And um, so I'm I'm super excited to get back to the office Um, and and just see people again and feel the change, you know? Yeah, I absolutely empathize with that because, I mean, Ashley, you know, in my job, I lead community programs, which mm-hmm. we do totally virtual. Um, so I still see, you know, an average of like 60 people a week at least, but it's all on Zoom. It's all on Discord. So it's it's not in person. Mm-hmm. And when this started, I felt like I was staying connected to people and felt like I was kind of filling my cup. But the more it's been that I haven't been able to like physically be with people, you feel that absence of physical touch and physical intimacy so much. Definitely. And, um, I've been lucky in this in that. So I'm, I'm polyamorous. I have um, my partner River and then uh, another person that I'm seeing. And those two people have been pretty closely in my life. Uh, and they've been kind of my like quarantine pod. Um, and so we've made arrangements to like safely like see each other pretty consistently consistently but I mean that like that touch starvation is so real and also Mm -hmm. like navigating dating Mm -hmm. I was doing before this and uh, not have not really been doing as much anymore I'm on the apps still Ashley are you on the apps have you uh (laughs) (laughs) they're traumatizing (laughs) (laughs) what what has your experience been on them what do you feel about them (laughs) oh my gosh um well, <laughs> um, let it out. I, I, I have actually, I've met some very, um, I've met some women. Actually, my first partner I met on um, Match back in 98, 97. Ooh. Um, and I just, I just went on there because I was newly out and... <laughs> <laughs> we were together eight years. Um, so I've not had um, much luck <laughs> um, recently, but I, I sometimes I get like this, like, I, I don't know. Sometimes I'll go on there and I'll play around and I'll, and I'll, I'll see who's on, but um, it, you, I tend to see the same people on all the apps. Um, I've made some really good friends and that's the cool thing. I, and I think that's unique to lesbians. I could be wrong, but yeah. it seems like we, most of us want to start friends 
<laughs> and then we'll see what happens. And that's been my personal experience. And I really like that. Like, I don't want to, like, I want to be friends with the person with my first. That That's my goal. And, and that works for me. So um, I have met some really, I, I, I went on one date uh, several years ago and it, it was like I was on a punked episode. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> was it a date with Ashton Kutcher? Tell me what happened, girl. Oh my god! <laughs> I just... Oh my gosh! I just... I haven't thought of that in so long. <laughs> like, like for me, the way one of the ways that I, I I get to know people is by how they treat others, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Um, I don't even remember what this girl's name was. We went out, we went to like a, a flower show, which I'm a plant person. So we went to, an, to a plant show, which was like an art show. And then we went out to eat somewhere in Sarasota or something. And she was really, 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 really rude to the waiter. Oh no, no that's the biggest okay. thing. And I don't embarrass easily. Mm-hmm. I don't. Um, but I was truly embarrassed. Um, and at one point she spit her food out on the floor. <laughs> it was like, it was like on the water. So it was out. Right. <laughs> right. Oh my God. And she seemed really into me too. And we had talked for a while and I was just like, I can't make this stuff up. <laughs> it's been so long. So yeah, that was, um, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, you can have some bad experiences on those dating apps. It's real hit or miss. But I mean, my experience has been similar to yours, Ashley, in that I've really, yeah, I mean, I've met some really close friends through Tinder and her and Bumble are like, I think my top three, the ones that I'm on. Um, And her is like a great lesbian dating app. And that one's it's very like text based. Too, which is nice because you know mm. as stereotypes though lesbians love to talk uh, <laughs> and <laughs> we love to <laughs> I have such a do mentality I just been like oh, yeah, oh you're not into the like talking through things and like not processing emotions you have one opportunity if we if there's an issue or a situation you have one opportunity with me to let's talk about this and let's move on after that, I'm not, no, last week you were mad about something. You want to bring it up two weeks later? I can't deal. I'm done. I was over it two weeks ago. I can't do it. <laughs> I give you opportunity. And then after that, mm-hmm. you're on your own. <laughs> I so I just, you, so you process yeah. things in the moment and then you say, like, let's not bring it back. Let's, like, keep it there. I think that's actually pretty healthy. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's be done with it. Because, I mean, that's what happens with people in the past entraps people so much that they start doing things to self-medicate they start doing things um, that they wouldn't normally do but they're doing because of out of hurt out of guilt out of whatever the case and no they didn't talk about these things when they happen and some people don't know how to but I feel like everybody there's somebody and you've they've approached you there's somebody that's been put in your life at one point or another to help you see these things. Now it's up to you as the individual to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have choices. Regardless of mental health, we have choices. So yeah, we have to choose to want to better ourselves, you know? And as, my- as lesbians and as queer people, we have, as a community, more largely have trauma in our past. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, speaking. Um, and so there are things specifically that don't go processed or experiences mm-hmm. that you might have that are different from the larger community that are not widely understood. And those are things you can internalize and bring into your relationships if you don't, you know, do the work to get therapy and find a therapist that is actually understanding of your sexual orientation, your gender identity. Mm-hmm. You're not having to do the emotional labor of explaining things to them. Right. Mental health is a minefield when you are uh, a lesbian or an LGBT person mm-hmm. in the world. I mean, actually, yeah. we can speak to that probably more than <laughs> Yes, that's one of the things I love about, about working at Metro. Um, 
I was um, a client. I mean, I still am. Um, I, I, I started going to counseling when I was a teenager and I, I didn't relate to any of my counselors. I think I saw them once or twice. I don't even think I saw that many, but in in undergraduate, um, I found a counselor that was just fabulous. And she came to talk to our dorm um, about date rape and that sort of thing. And I went up to her and she reminded me of, of one of my favorite aunts. And, um, and I said, can I come and talk to you? You know? And so I did. And she helped me through the entire coming out process. I didn't even know that was my issue. I had a boyfriend at the time. Yeah. He was a feminist. He was funny. Absolutely fantastic guy. Um, Someone's a like you. He was a really, he is a really, really good, good guy. But, um, but apparently I had some, um, I had some like homophobia and, and before I came out and, and my, the counselor let me know. So anyway, fast forward to, you know, 20 something years later, here I am a counselor and um, it's really sad to see all the all the clients that come in and say I've been misunderstood or I've been my counselors tried to change me, and it's actually been a big um, you know part of my healing process is is being able to work with these folks um, and and not that I tell my story because it's not about me but it's just hearing that I'm not the only one that's been through this I'm not the only one that's been told. Ugh, you know, the stereotype, you just need to find a man. You just need to find the right man or, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so just to just to put it, I hope you don't mind if I plug mental health, behavioral health, metro. Um, we do offer uh, individual couples and um, group therapy sessions, family therapy sessions, and all of our counselors are... Um, either LGBTQ plus or LGBTQ plus friendly. Um, so um, we, you know, we understand. Um, and, and it's not to say that that someone that's not in the LGBTQ community can't understand. Um, but I think it makes the client feel more comfortable. Well, and you just, you need to put in the work to understand the language, the specific barriers facing, you know, the LGBTQ community. There are certain aspects of being queer in this world that are just inherently different that need a response or understanding or empathy. And, you know, there's something to be said for not having to explain yourself constantly. Just talk about who you are over and over to try and... Uh, make someone understand just the core of who you are, which has been something that I've experienced, especially as a femme lesbian in this world. Um, <laughs> how can you be a lesbian if you're so girly, quote unquote, which is so reductive. And there are so many stereotypes that you get all the time. Um, and I, I don't know if y'all have any experience hearing stuff like that. Mm, very much so. <laughs> uh, you'll be okay. It's just a phase. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait on that. Um, I just, there comes a point when you just, sometimes you just have to sit back and really love yourself for who you are and um, just pray that the people that are around you are feeding good stuff into you and um, who acknowledge that who you are, regardless of whether how I believe about it or not believe about it, it's not my place. I'm just here for compassion. So, um, and most of the time people are so frustrated with other folks with things that they're doing because they don't do it. So therefore you, they lack the compassion in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we just walk in love and compassion, regardless of what you identify as, um, what, who you are, live your life and just make sure you're surrounded by people who are helping you live that best life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that right there. Like, I don't care what's going on. Get around people who are who are with you and who are trying to help you grow. And that also goes into play as people. We have to be open to receive certain criticisms to grow up. It hurts to hear flaws about yourself, right or wrong. 
because I don't like to hear flaws about myself. <laughs> but um, just starting with that human behavior first and then going into that sexuality makes it a lot easier for me. That, that's my experience. They're dealing with myself first and understanding who I am as a person then flowing into okay so who do I want to be with for the rest of my life mm-hmm. um yeah that realization um so whatever comes attack comes against me because I'm I'm, I'm found, grounded and founded in who I am mm-hmm. it makes it a lot easier to go through even if I'm I have to be alone to do it so I'm sorry I went on a tangent I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know so. that's fantastic yeah that is fantastic yeah. And I wonder if your coming out experience was the same uh, in the sense that you say that you kind of had to figure out who you were as a human being before there came that like greater understanding of your sexuality. But for me, the two were very much tied together. Mm -hmm. I needed to accept my uh, sexual orientation and my gender identity. And I needed to figure out who I was before I could really mm-hmm. feel this like sense of freedom and release in order to be my, the happiest version of myself. Um, and is that the way that it was for you, Ashley, or how would you say that process was? My coming out was very dramatic. Um, I am the oldest of three girls and I moved out of my mom's house on a very bad way um we were having fights and arguments and it wasn't because of my sexuality it wasn't because of anything else other than you can't have two queens in one house that's my mother's house and I needed to get out of her house and go build my own kingdom if you will mm-hmm. um so when I moved out I, I'm a country girl went to the city Tampa lost my mind when I tell you I lost my mind, I did things that I never thought I would ever do. And just because I didn't even know who I was or what I wanted out of life or what was going on with me, I always lived. And I realized I lived my life um, for people. I lived my life for everybody around me and not for Ashley. So the first three years of just loving me for a little while, I had to go through a lot of things. So actually coming out to my my mom, that was the biggest thing. I didn't really care what anybody else thought. It was my mom who was, um, my heart, that's my heartbeat. She still is. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to go through some things for her to understand this is, this is Ashley. Um, this is how I'm moving forward in my life. This, this is, makes me happy. So even if you agree or don't agree, just love me. That's all I ever asked. That I don't need anything else. I you, you gave me the tools that I needed to be a strong woman. So I'm going to go out and do that. Um, I might fall and bust my face a couple of times, but that's supposed to happen. Um, but my mom, I got married. I had three weddings, so we'll just talk about the one that everybody went to. <laughs> um, she she didn't come. Um, we have uh, it's a biblical thing that I don't really want to really get into. Um, but, um, she didn't come. And at the time me and her were still kind of on the edge, um, of talking and not talking. Um, then I realized my mom's human. I'm human. We feel how we feel. Um, we both love really hard and, and we love people really hard. So, um, when it's all said and done, she looked at me. I love you. Um, you do as you please. Um, I don't necessarily always have to agree with you, but I love you from the bottom of my heart and let's just move forward from here. I thank God for a parent that regardless of what's going on, she still loves me at all of Ashley. Mm-hmm. Um, then um, Skylar came along and that's all she wrote. <laughs> um, my mom only has one granddaughter and one grandchild for the most part. She has, you know, She's remarried and has his couple um, grandkids, but this is her, her grandchild. And so she's so grateful that we came to a point where we could talk and be real about life um, in spite of our differences in our life. Um, and also it's hard. I'm a Christian and a lesbian. So that's in itself to, I clash all the time. I have conflict in me all the time. And that's another um, but, um, I'm just grateful for the foundation that she gave me to go handle what she uh, had to take back. She had to hear those words from me and that was hard for her. I, I saw it on her face. I, I 
it was like, it was, it crushed my heart because it's broken pieces on her face. Like I was like, it's okay, mom. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm, I'm, my mind is freer and I'm ready to move on and be great in life. Um, so that's my whole coming out. It was, it was, it was big. Um, everybody in the family knew except for me, apparently. And um, <laughs> oh. I, uh, it was always fun. I was like, oh, we already knew. I was like, oh. Well, you could have clued me in on it. Yeah, like, why, why didn't you tell me then? You knew this whole time, and you didn't know You know what I could have done better? <laughs> so, well, that's, that's, that's the coming out story for me. It was good times. Good times. I wouldn't change it for the world, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be who I am today without those uh, times. I needed those to appreciate where I'm at. So, I can absolutely empathize with the... Um, the religious upbringing and how it can conflict with um, what your parents expect of you and what they hope for you, which I think was the hardest thing in terms of coming out to my parents. Mm-hmm. I would say in general, I'm very lucky um, in terms of how quickly they came around when I told them that I needed their support, right? That this was not a phase that this is who I am, that I am struggling and like, I need my family to be there for me. My parents did turn around and they did accept me pretty unequivocally, but my dad is very Catholic. I was raised Catholic. I'm part of an Italian family. And um, there was a big contradiction in terms of what, who I felt I was and who I was taught I could be. So I actually realized that I was gay until I was probably 15, which is still I didn't have the words for it then, but I think that I, that's when I really knew something was different, but I didn't know that being gay was really a possibility. You know, like I knew Ellen, uh, I knew, you know, some, mm-hmm. <laughs> some gay celebrities that objectively existed in the world, but I didn't really see myself reflected in anyone. And I didn't know that like, you could be like a young Catholic person and still be queer like I didn't even think that was an option for me and so I thought there was something wrong with me I didn't know why I was so depressed and angry and felt so isolated and misunderstood um because I just was never given the tools to understand why I was never given the language um and I didn't really meet a queer adult role model until I was in my like late late high school years maybe early college um And when I did, it made a huge difference because I I knew that it was possible to be a happy, healthy, successful LGBT adult. And so many of the narratives that I had been consuming about lesbian identity were tied to, you know, sadness or devastation or one of the characters died in every single movie. And I was like, oh, I can't be a happy adult. That's not a possibility for me. So true, though. It's so true. The early stuff, you're like, well, dang, am I going to die tomorrow? I had to stop watching that stuff. Like, it's like a disease or something. Like, I'm so happy to have realized now in my life that it is actually a gift. Like, it's not just something that I tolerate or accept in myself. It's something that I cherish and celebrate in myself. Being a lesbian is a core part of who I am, and it has brought me so much joy, such an amazing community, and it's something that I will scream from the rooftops now. Like, I am a dyke, and I'm so proud of that, you know? I'll wear my little dyke earrings. (laughs) No, that's part of who I am. I love, I love. (laughs) Hear her roar. (laughs) Hear me roar. I know, right? I gosh, my story was so similar with the religious upbringing and the and 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 whatnot. Um, I was raised um, a very strict fundamentalist Christian, and um, my mom is one of um, the most beautiful, amazing, wonderful people that I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Um, I was so scared. I think I knew I knew when I was a teenager, but I didn't have a language for it. It wasn't an option for me, just like you said, Hannah. Um, and 
when I met um, an undergraduate, I I made friends with a lesbian. (laughs) 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 And I met her. And I met her wife, and this was around, just to give you, you know, an idea of when this was, this was around the time that Ellen came out, okay? Um, I met her and her wife, and they were so normal and so cool and so happy, and I really think that's when I, I said, wow, this could really be a reality for me, like, this is, you know, like it just, it it didn't, it just wasn't an option. I don't know how else to say that, but I was so scared when I came out to my, my parents, because I, I was, I was really afraid of being disowned. I had heard so many stories about them. I wrote and processed and wrote and processed with my therapists, um, you know, coming out letters to both my parents and, I handed my mom the letter and she's like, you don't have to tell me <laughs> like she or something. Um, Mama, no. Mama, my no. dad, I think I mailed the letter to him and my dad was like, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> my mom was like, Oh my gosh, I feel so bad. You're not going to be able to have kids. And I was like, huh? <laughs> like, and before I've not, I've not physically had my own children, but my partner, I had a partner for eight years and she had two kids. And so, you know, I technically have two adult kids now. Um, no, I didn't birth them. Um, I didn't raise them for their entire lives. But um, but anyway, I'm, I'm very blessed and very um, lucky that my family does still love me. Now, we agree to disagree. Um, mm-hmm. I purposely agree to disagree. And I know some people say that's a negative thing and that's a cop-out. But for me, that's that's what works. Um, we don't talk politics. We, there's just certain things that we don't talk about because otherwise, um, it's it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get you. Change each other's mind, at least within my family. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Ashley, I'd love to hear your experience. <laughs> you got a lot to say. I want to hear. Not a lot. I'm just um, African American culture. We're nice about it, n- nicer about it, but especially in a Christian household, I just I just don't talk about it either. Um, really, it just makes it easier for everybody else. Um, although my middle sister is married to a woman as well, um, so that. that my mom was like, she was almost defeated at one point. I was, and there came a point to her. I was like, mom, you didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> but she, that was, that was way back in the, back in the day. She's, um, she's a lot more open to her daughters and who they love and um, how they love. Um, she understands that you taught us to love um, in spite of color, um, in spite of what people look like, in spite of even how they think, um, because compassion and love, that's human nature. That's where we're supposed to start with people. Um, a lot of times we start with the judgy parts about things that you don't like about someone. I challenge everybody to find something you like about somebody when you first meet them. How about we go that way? Um, my first thought process is to, I trust you till you give me a reason not to. I am open to you until you prove to me that you can't handle what I'm giving you. Um, so, and that's okay. I just need to know ahead of the game. But um, we, at my household, we don't, and my mom, we don't really, Not it's not so taboo anymore either, though. Um, I can go to her and say, this is how I'm feeling with my wife or this is what we're doing. And she wants to hear those things. She wants to know what's going on with her just as much as she wants to go know with me. Um, she, My dad is the same way. He's my, my stepdad. My mom, we're married. Love it. Oh, amazing guy. He calls my wife his daughter. Um, you know, just stuff like that, you know. Regardless, like I said, regardless of how I feel personally about something, if that's my feelings. I have to deal with those. It shouldn't be reflected on other people in a sense that's detrimental to who they are. You know, it's, that's my opinion. Um, that doesn't make it wrong for that next person. So I think if we move like that, life would be a lot simpler. <laughs> but um, 
agree. We, we complicate things. <laughs> Feelings complicate things. I feel like this. So what? <laughs> I'm glad you feel that way, but uh, <laughs> it's not about your feelings, okay? Get over your feelings and let's, let's talk mental. Um, your heart is one thing, but your mental space is, you got to get that right first. So, um, and that's, again, my mom, she's a clergy and a counselor, and she's very, um, she talks. She lets make sure that we talk things out if we need to. But me, uh, like I said, I'm such a dude in that respect. I talk about it and let's move on. <laughs> I spent enough time wasting my life with issues and problems that people drag out. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> so I think that's a personality thing too, is that you process things in different ways, right? And so maybe mm-hmm. it's just that you've gotten good at communicating your needs in that moment and so that you don't have to revisit it later because you have done the work to make sure that your communication is so solid the way that you ask for what you need is so solid, but then you don't need to go back and rehash it. And that's totally valid too. And that's, you know, a place that I would like to get to as well, because I'm working on communication. I gotta be able to come let you be you too. Sometimes for me, that's hard to allow you to process the stuff that you need to process the way you need to. Cause I'm always like, well, let's go. It's done. And that's not fair. Everybody's not here. So I totally get what you're saying, Hannah. And that's, that's one thing I know I have to work on too. So, uh, so for that said, let's transition into like a silly, lighthearted portion of the podcast. Because I have a game for us. <laughs> we're down to play a game. Oh, fun. I love games. Okay. So this game is called Mythbusters. So I have this little list here compiled by a lovely person on the internet. Of <laughs> <laughs> lesbians and uh i've never heard any of these in my life of course i don't get these every day uh <laughs> i'm gonna read out loud and i want y'all to respond with what you think about them so Uh-oh. the first one here is that lesbians hate men <laughs> oh that's not true <laughs> that is so not true no, it's absolutely. <laughs> How do you feel about that, you guys? I mean, there's a difference between hating men and hating a system that is patriarchal and sexist, right? So I have plenty of male friends. I um, so I identify as lesbian as a dyke, whatever word you want to use. One of my one of the people I'm seeing though is, is a trans man, and in the past I've dated trans men too. And there's a lot of gender diversity in the lesbian community. You can identify a certain way and date whoever you want to date. And like there is, there's historical precedent of that too, right? Leslie Feinberg, Mm -hmm. who is our lesbian patron saint, wrote Stone Butch Blues. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you read Stone Butch Blues, there is lesbian who uses he, him pronouns. Like it is a spectrum and it's complicated, but this idea that like all lesbians are women necessarily is not true. And also right. that like, the hate men is so like classic and dated and just mm-hmm. so inaccurate. There are many men in my life that I'm close to that I love. It's reductive and it's just a way to try and get under your skin. That makes no sense. What do you think mm-hmm. of Hancock? <laughs> I agree. I, I think it's statements like that. I think it depends on the person. I mean, I think hate is a really strong word. I mean, there's people I like, there's people I don't. Mm-hmm. Some of them happen to be men, um, you know, but I, I think that's just ridiculous, ridiculous. Just because you don't want to date someone or be with someone romantically doesn't mean that you hate them. Lesbians are so severe looking. They shave their heads. <laughs> As you can see. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess. What? Severe looking. Do y'all look severe? You guys do not look severe. You guys look pretty and nice and warm. And I think (laughs) it might be a revelation to whoever uh, is saying this, but lesbians are not a monolithic hive mind of people. (laughs) 
<laughs> a diverse group of people just as much as anyone else. So yeah, there are lesbians who look severe and have shaved heads. And those lesbians are awesome. There are also lesbians that have kind eyes and, you know, uh, long turquoise hair. I don't know. <laughs> there are a million lesbians. You can't say they look one way. That's it's no. Mm-hmm. Very much so. <laughs> okay, how about this? Lesbians are butch and really good with power tools. Some of them. Some of them. <laughs> some of them. We love them. Some of them. Some of them are, are, but I do like some stuff, but I wear a skirt. What does that have to do with anything? The price of rice in China. Man, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what I like to do better with power tools, personally. Um, yeah. <laughs> Patience and virtue. That's why. <laughs> and what are some other like stereotypes or myths y'all have heard? Like, what are some that you've encountered in your life that you're tired of hearing that you wanted to spell? Mm-hmm. I said it earlier. You just need to find the right guy. I mean, that's I think. Yeah. That's. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, literally, I got a message from a straight man I went to high school with yesterday on Facebook and he told me that I was lesbian because I was ugly and I was like how much time do you have on your hands we haven't talked in like seven years and he messages me out of the blue he messages me asking if I am DTF which I'm so vocally gay on Facebook. And also, like, don't message a stranger that. Just don't. And so I said, no. And then he went on the whole rant about how, you know, I'm a lesbian because I'm ugly and all these things. And the idea that like, people are only lesbians because they can't get a man, like you're just waiting on the right. <laughs> yeah. That is categorically untrue. And I can say that because all three of us are so hot. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually what it is though they're like you're too you're too pretty to be gay oh what? god i hate that i don't understand that so a technically what is ugly and then is only ugly people supposed to be something different than you i don't get it mm-hmm. if you'll go sit down and sit down sit down just sit down have yeah, several seats take several <laughs> And you have heard that you're too pretty to be gay, which I've also heard. And the fact that someone's telling me I'm gay because I'm ugly. Like, there are just so many contradictory stereotypes, and none of them hold any water. For real. True story. Again, foundation in you. You don't have to worry about what people say. Yes. (laughs) Did not concern me. In fact, I screen-capped his messages and sent them to his grandma on Facebook. So... (laughs) (laughs) I said, I think you need to know what your grandson has been sending to random people on the internet. (laughs) Well, that's the way you do that, though. Hit him hard. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I want to close out this discussion. I know that we're getting close to the end of the hour. Um, I wanted to take a second to talk about lesbian healthcare. So how to take care of yourself. Um, maybe if people feel scared to go to the doctor because they've had negative experiences, uh, especially at the gynecologist, that's been, I've had a lot of bad stuff happen to me there with just not asking the right questions or like not, not knowing how to talk about you know, not asking whether I'm a lesbian straight up, not asking or assuming I have a male partner or assuming that I'm at risk of, you know, this or this or not understanding why I'm not at risk of getting pregnant, all those things. So uh, you two are both healthcare providers. I want to throw it to you. Best practices for lesbian healthcare. What should people be doing to take care of themselves? Who wants to go first? I mean go every year. I mean, you're supposed to go to the OBGYN every year, right? Um, go to your doctor every year. Um, it's pretty basic. Yeah. Make sure you get your mammogram, especially after you hit the age of 40. Um, but the thing about going to the doctors and, um, I don't care about lesbian, gay, whatever. Um, it's 
when we're going, you need to interview your doctor and don't just sit down with somebody and um, let them into your body without, hey, having this conversation. This is where I'm at. This is who I am. This is what I do when I go to the doctor. I interview my doctor before I let them actually touch me. Um, what do you, well, how long, you, how long you've been in practice? Um, what is your stats? I mean, just like, what do you, if I was something was to be, was wrong with me, would I be able to get appointments? Um, how many women do you treat on a regular basis? Like what, it, I, all these things are important. How do they treat me? This is where, this is, I am. I'm a lesbian. I'm married and I have a, um, a father to my child. This is who I am. This is my, give them the history. Don't be afraid to be open with your doctors. Um, especially being a woman, we have to take care of ourselves. There's so much out there, especially with our reproductive systems that could go wrong with our hormones. Um, I've, I've battled with hormones things I, since I was born. Um, thank God Skylar got me together. She re I mean, re like realigned me, I guess you could say, um, mm -hmm. with my hormones, but that is something that a lot of women struggle with and it's silent. Um, and I, cause I've, I've seen it. Uh, you just have to talk these things out. Uh, you can get on uh, different things to help make those uh, those hormones better for you, um, especially in the LGBT community. When you're especially trans, being, being a transgender, things all those things those, those things play into role. Um, but as a, a lesbian going to a gynecologist, make sure you go every every year. Um, you're over the age of forty. You need to make sure you get your mammograms. Um, that's important and self self mammogram because a lot of stuff that mammogram machines don't get. Right. Um, I had um, my wife's co-worker went to the doctor. They didn't see anything. She went home and found the lump that the, they she thought that they were going to find, and come to find out, she had stage three breast cancer. Oh but my gosh! She had a mammogram, but they didn't see it. That's why it's important to do those self-tests. And if you don't know how to, there's YouTube videos on how to do it. Um, I know there's friends. We have Metro to show you how to do these things um, at home so that your health, taking care of your health. Vitamins are important. I still take my prenatal pills. I took them since I was 14. Um, I didn't have babies then, of course, but um, just to help keep me aligned as a woman, growing, growing woman, growing young lady, um, just make sure you keep water. Drink a lot of water. Water is important to us, um, especially in COVID. You want to wash those things out. Teas, you want to wash those things out. Um, and just being clean, washing your hands, making sure. Uh, I, 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 me personally, showers at night, come home and get the day off me. Um, just keeping up with that hygiene, going to those doctors and being honest, interviewing your doctor mental doctor, your health doctor, your gynecologist, interviewing these people before you allow them into your space. Yes. Um, find, those, find those LGBT inclusive providers. Find the ones that mm -hmm. make you feel safe and make you feel like you can open up. Mm -hmm. There are so many resources online. If you look up LGBT mm -hmm. inclusive or friendly doctor, there are resource lists compiled. Mm -hmm. If you live in the South like we do, you can still find someone mm -hmm. driving distance of you. Metro Inclusive Health provides um, healthcare services that are LGBT inclusive. And I also want to say that when we're talking about like mammograms, going to the gynecologist, of course, that's not relevant to every lesbian. For the trans and binary lesbians out there that have different parts, make sure you are also taking care of yourself. Make sure you are still getting regularly checked up. Make sure you are going somewhere that is trans inclusive, that is that understands non-binary identity so they can help you figure out the best practices to maintain your well-being. So Metro is one of those places. There are other places you can find. Take care of your physical health. Uh, take care of your mental mm -hmm. health, like Ashley was saying. That's incredibly important. Get a counselor. Um, you know, that has made a radical difference in my life in terms of making me a happier, more well-rounded person, improving my coping skills. Um, those are all ways that you can take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Hello. All right, uh, so let's close out uh, for our final kind of round of statements. Do y'all have any advice for like the baby lesbians out there or maybe the folks mm -hmm. that are older but are just coming into their identity, people that are just kind of settling into this lesbian community and label and maybe feeling good in it for the first time? What's something that you wish you had heard when you first started identifying and realizing that you were a lesbian? Mm -hmm. 
be happy in spite of um, how people may see you. Just be happy within yourself so you don't have to be validated by anybody else. So that's what I wish somebody would have told me. Mm. You are not alone. Mm. There are other people like you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I... I wish someone had told me there was no right or wrong way to be gay. Mm. That there is no mm. one thing that you need to have that will force you into this category of lesbian. Right. That there are no, you're not limited by the partners that you have, by the way that you present, by the friend groups that you have, by what makes you feel comfortable and loved and fulfilled. Um, if you feel at your core that you are who you are, that's what matters. So don't seek external validation. Like Ashley Holmes said, that was a beautifully stated point. You know, be comfortable with who you are in your identity and know that that can be fluid, that can be static. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. However, you define your own sexual orientation is completely valid. And I wish that someone had told me that when I was first coming out and I, I wouldn't have tried to fit into so many different molds. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well, thank you all for this amazing conversation. I love talking to other lesbians more than anything else in the world. <laughs> Let's talk again soon. Yeah. Right on. This is like out of shock. I'm like, oh, you want me to do what today? Okay. <laughs> I know, Ashley, kudos. You just jumped in like in the last like 45 minutes because yes. I had out sick and you were such a great addition to this conversation. Definitely, definitely. It was and you guys have been open to the conversation and I would do anything for Nate. Um, so hmm. uh, anytime. So. <laughs> and if any of the listeners feel so moved and want to help us keep programming like this going, please donate to our Keep It Virtual program using a text to give number. You can text Metro to 44321. Also make sure to stay up to date on COVID-19 through the CDC. And as always, please stay safe. Uh, continue to follow us for more episodes and engaging discussions. Next week, we will be featuring a conversation with our very own prevention specialist, Tariko Perkins, and bringing us a very successful series called Color, The Color of Change, and you do not want to miss it. Um, so with that said, let's do our classic sign-off. Y'all want to say two inclusivity and beyond with me on the count of three? <laughs> All right. Okay, on the count of three, <laughs> inclusivity and beyond, Okay. One, two, three. Two inclusivity. Inclusivity and beyond. And beyond. (laughs) You got it. I'm there, girl. Whatever you need me to do. I love everyone. (laughs) You've been listening to Inclusivity and Beyond with Metro Inclusive Health. Subjects that impact the health and wellness of our community. Want to hear us cover a subject in the future? Email us at lgbtq at metrotampabay.org. For sponsorship information, contact James K at metrotampabay.org.